ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Fallout. This is where we'll be talking about the controversies of the Women's World Cup, which have honestly been going for so long that we don't know whether we're coming and going this year, just before this World Cup. I am joined, as always, by Lottie. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. I'm back. Well, for my audio listeners, I have got my work headset on today. I look like a bit of an alien at this point on YouTube, but... I thought it was a very long week and I'm ready for my weekend. I've um, got some birthday celebrations coming up this weekend with my partner. So, yeah, quite looking forward to the weekend and looking forward to getting stuck into this pod. And we're also joined by Mr Worldwide himself, Adam Salter. How are you, Adam? Uh, Mr Worldwide? What, what's what's brought that sentiment on? Um, yeah, well, I say well. I mean, Lottie's looking forward to the weekend. Um, sadly... I'm not. Um, I've been. I'm still, you know, working away. So, yeah, it's what it is. It's a job, but still got time to drop in and, and do a pod. So, can't wait to pick this apart. So, we shall start with Russia's band uh, from qualifying for the World Cup due to Ukraine's the Ukraine invasion. Uh, just to let people know, during lockdown, Ukraine was invaded by Russia. This then caused a lot of controversy. There was questions over should Russia be able to compete at a sporting level. That has then, UEFA have then decided that Russia will not carry on playing any kind of sport, especially at football level, um, for the future until this is resolved. At the current moment, it also means that Russia missed out on the Euros 2021, which was last summer. Uh, which we had a bit of fun and games with the memories. 22. 22. <laughs> Originally, 2022? Yeah, yeah, I know, but we're 22 now. 21. Let's, let's keep it as 22. We won it, so, you know. Either, either way, so Russia have been banned. It uh, caused a bit of controversy. Let's go to Adam first. Well, I mean, it's... I don't think controversy as such, because I wouldn't say it's the wrong decision. It. it if that makes sense. I mean, the, the, the circumstances around it are absolutely tragic. It's barbaric, um, and it's it's a you know a blight on on the people of Ukraine. But I think what we maybe also forget is it also affects the 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 people of Russia because this is not a, a, a conflict that's been generated. You know, the people of Russia don't want this. There's only one person in the world who wants this conflict to occur. Um, and of course, the fallout is that there are, uh, fallout, there we go, <laughs> is that the, the people uh, who are suffering uh, football-wise are also the, the Russian football team. Um, they, they've, you know, appeared in the tournament before, they've, you know, done a decent pedigree, but they're not, um, they're not able to compete because of it, um, because of the actions of, of people above them, of someone, you know, who rules and people fear. And it's, it's, it is a really sad situation, and sadly at the moment it, it shows no sign of resolving itself. Um, it's it's the right move from um, from FIFA and UEFA, or which is and did it separately. And, and we, it's not like a, the first time it's done before. I think back to sort of um, I think it was Euro '92 when Denmark men got the uh, right to host the cup because there was a conflict. Um, I, I forget precisely what it was, but I think it was Eastern Europe, there was Yugoslavia, or somewhere around there. There was a, the, the tournament was lost there, and they got banned from competing in it so i'm, I'm glad um i'm glad i'm right i'm glad they made the, the right made the right call on this um i just hope that the whole conflict gets resolved one way or another um and and we can see russian uh footballs play again 
in these tournaments because as, as what will happen now is, is they're going to when they come back when it resolves itself the Russian team will, will come back into these tournaments and they'll be massively behind in their development because the likes of you know England, France, um, Spain, Germany will have all advanced and they won't have the experience. Um, so yes, for, for the for the for the uh, the meantime, Russia won't be at these tournaments, um, and it's yeah, football's a real loss because of it. Lottie, is there anything to add to that? To be one? honest with you, Adams has hit it on the head, and I think the one thing that does irritate me is they're not keeping the ban consistently across the sports. Um, but at the moment, if anybody is watching Wimbledon, um, we there was a Ukrainian tennis player. She's she basically refused to shake hands with a Russian one because she was Russian, and I think it's a really bad example of what a sports person should be doing because they are leading by example. So it's a whole nation shouldn't be damned by the actions of one dictator. Um, sadly, sadly, there's a lot of that attitude back if we look back through history, especially like say with England and Germany, for example. Um, there's always that bit of rivalry in the sport, but it's never that extreme, if that makes sense. No, no. But it's, I'm an England fan. I just dislike Germany because it's Germany. There's nothing else to it, if you know what I mean. Um, but it's, any sports person that does come back and compete, if you're Ukrainian or Russian, you should just look at the person and their sports skills, not their nationality. Um, and if you're going to put in consistently keep this ban, don't let them compete across the board. And you can't start letting tennis players play, and you can't let the footballers not play because, as Adam said, the develop the development is going to be miles behind. They're going to, they're going to be miles behind, and you've got teams who are coming to the first for like their first tournaments. They're going to develop and catch up with Russia, and it is potential to surpass them as well. So it's 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 about to keep thinking things fair across the sports for me personally, but again, it's they're being punished for an act, for the actions of one person, and it's wrong. Yeah, no, exactly, exactly that. There might be an out just for Russia at the moment. They might be moving onto the Asian. Uh, national, uh, the uh, Asian region, and so instead of qualifying through um, the UEFA qualifiers, they'll go through the Asian Cup, which is one of the one thing that might perhaps be a bit different, but that'll be further down the line. Onto our next controversy, I think this is going to be a big one for you, Lottie, as well, and Adam as well. That the squad sizes were limited to twenty three instead of having 26 and this was done voting through the entire of the 32 a lot of the european clubs uh, clubs nations uh, wanted to have those 26 because that's what they had at euros it had meant that they could offer more people on the bench it meant a lot more and especially when there's acl injuries and headlines going on uh, just to point out the goalkeeper of zambia has had an acl injury this week it's caused a lot of, I'd probably that say, it's, it's gnarly, isn't it, for Zambia? Sorry to interrupt, Matt. Yeah. That's right. Lossie, I wanted your opinion there. Oh, sorry. No, I think, do you know what? I can understand why they did it. If you look at some of these smaller teams, I do 
I don't like to say calling them smaller teams, but like, the teams that haven't been in tournaments on a regular basis. Yeah. Let's just put it that way. I don't think they've got that 26-player squad. Yeah. Where if you look at the USA, Canada, us, the Germans, Switzerland, Nor- Norway, they are reg- regular competitors in these major tournaments. So I can see the fairness of it, but I'm also not happy about it because of this whole this whole sort of season for all around the world is, is, the, is the season of the ACL. I mean, we've had a 16-year-old who's done her ACL in training so far. We've had Nali from Zambia. I mean, it's, I know that the football companies are working on the new boots to fit the women's feet because obviously the current football boots around the world are not designed for women's feet. Um, they're actually designed for men's. Um, sorry, boys. <laughs> but it, it's a case of they're working on it, but it's a case of they need to hurry up about it because it, it's not happening quick enough. Because we're seeing more and more of these injuries. Some more research needs to be done. But again, it's for me, it's all about the fairness to the, to the lesser teams. No. Yeah. The first time competitors. I need to stop saying that. It sounds so disrespectful. Yeah. Um, it, it, so... Yeah. It's fairness, but it's annoyance to the regular competitors. It, it reminds me of the debate they had when they were when we had, when we had lockdown COVID. We had five subs, and then they they turned it back to three. And there was a question: Who does the five subs benefit more? Well, it benefits the uh, teams who are richer, who've got deeper squads, who's more of their players to rotate them in and out of the game, than it does the uh, teams who, let's say, are, are lower down in the league, who maybe have smaller squads. Um, and want to use that fatigue to the, the bigger team to their advantage. Um, it, it, the, I think the, the problem now is, is as you say, it's the ACL. It's, I think it was was it, was it Simon in in Germany, and I think she had a did her ACL as well in, in that game. There, there, it, it, it's becoming. Yeah. And this is that was, a really that was the Zambia game, wasn't it? If I remember rightly, yeah. that they lost. Yeah, yeah. That, they, that they lost, which will will come on in a in a separate pod um, soon. Um, but um, and, and this is probably a, I say a poor choice of word given what we've had in the recent years, but it's almost come like an epidemic. The, these ACL, they are just so rampant, like in every single player, every single women's footballer is, like, is basically now a ticking time bomb in terms of an ACL. At some point in your career now, you're going to have an ACL. And um, I was discussing this with um, somebody else um, earlier today about the, where the fixtures are. We've got, in, because of COVID and lockdown, the way the schedule is absolutely messed up, we've got tournament after tournament after tournament after tournament. We don't have a break in the women's football schedule during the summer until 2026. That, yeah, yes, because we've got the Olympics next year and then we've got what will be another Euros after that and then we get 2026. So these, these, these poor players are being stretched to the limits and we need a bigger squad to be able to um, rotate. We look at the Arsenal um, transfer plan this season. We brought in more forwards, so Jonas can rotate out his players as much as possible in game to cater for the fact that there's risk of you know players ACLs going. Um, it, I, it is a bit of frustration. Um, I think it will happen a bit. Like with the five subs they brought back to the Premier League, I think at some point it will. The pressure will, will be so much that they will have to expand it, like they did with the Euros, 26 player squad. Um, just to give you that level of contingency, but as you say, with the with the teams who are let's say they're new to the competition, the, the pool they can pick from will naturally be smaller in terms of talent, in terms of who they can pick from. Um, but it's yeah, it, I can understand the annoyance, and certainly from sitting where we are as England fans, we are on so we say the the higher end of, of the table. How lucky we are! Um, we are the ones who are suffering or will suffer potentially because of it. 
So the thing is, there's also the flip side of the coin. Sorry, sorry, Matt. Um, if you look at, um, was it? I think it was Zambia's professional squad. They had 36, and they had to cut that down to 23. Um, which I, it's 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 interesting because obviously you've got teams like Zambia that have been been around for so long. Then there's not much information out there for people to actually go and find out about them. Um, but it's. I my, back to my earlier point. I wasn't saying like these lesser teams have less players. It's more about the development and the quality of them. For me personally. So we just go on to the next one, which will be the video. <clears throat> uh, visit Saudi Arabia becoming a sponsor uh, for those li- not listening. Uh, not listening. Listening on to. Um, our podcast our podcast on spotify or apple playlist i did that in air quotes uh before the backlash then started and then they were put, put forced to spot out so i don't know if you want to have that one first it's it's bonkers um and unfortunately it's it's getting worse it's not just limited to um this this particular tournament the saudi influence in football is growing it's, it's becoming, it, it started, I mean, I know obviously the World Cup was held in, it was in Qatar last um, last year, but that, that the pull of the Middle Eastern states of, of the likes of, you know, Saudi Arabia and that's in the league, Cristiano Ronaldo coming over. And now um, we're seeing every day in the news, another player who is going over chasing the money. We've, um, uh, I think it was Jordan Henderson, you know, captain for, for uh, uh, Liverpool. Going over for money, Stephen Gerrard, ex-captain, you know, manager at uh, Villa, he's now gone over there to chase the money. And it, and it, it's it's so weird that we, a lot of these players we we loved and we respected, and we had this idea that they had these, um, shall we say, uh, morals, 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 exactly. We we we, we elevate the high standard. They were the people we we believe in, trust in, but money talks clearly. And um, now Sal- I'm really, really sorry to interrupt. How do you explain Ronaldo? He's completely about money for me. Well, so, I'm, I'm, I'm unless I'm seeing him from an anti, anti-Ronaldo Arsenal point, point of view. But. I, I'm not surprised Ronaldo went there. I was I was pleasantly proud of the fact that Messi, who in my Ronaldo versus Messi debate, I've always been to Messi, that he chose, opted not and went to America instead. Um, but as we've now seen now, Saudi are now trying to, um, spread their 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 reach into the women's game um, for a country that I, I think we can probably agree um, as per the culture don't really have women in the highest level of respect. Mm-hmm. Kind of odd to us then to put this on it, but obviously yeah. they've got I've money. Got they've to... got influence. And no, they, sorry, um, Adam, I've got to agree yeah, with no, you there, but I think the only plus in this is the amount of money and time that Newcastle now are getting for the women's team. They've already moved up a league and yes it's great for them don't get me wrong they've got the traction of the fan base and everything else but it's a case of when they get to us is there going to be ffp in place like man united according for now my, my feeling is of a sponsor like like for the world cup and for the as a whole is the investment that saudi could give to the women's game would be incredible and I think of it as like when Chelsea and Roman Bambic, we know what Roman Bambic was, we know where his money came from. We know that, you know, for, for some of us, we believe that to be, so we say, tainted. And obviously when we mentioned previously about the, uh, the, the war of Russia and Ukraine, all of a sudden the, 
Roma got removed from Chelsea. But when he was there, they they pumped Chelsea you know, with cash and with funds. And not only did they accelerate their men's team, but they accelerate their women's team to the extent that um, they, they're now the dominant force in women's football. And you think, you know, Saudi investment in the sport as a whole could accelerate the game. But would it be worth it because of because we hold women's football in such a moral high standard, especially when we talk not just about women, but about you know LGBTQ uh, and what it stands for there. And you just think it just feels like you're doing a deal with the devil. We know that FIFA don't really have that much morals left to, to deal with. But for women's game, it feels like this sort of ground that you, you, you can't you, we can accept corruption in the men's game, but women absolutely not. And I'm really glad that they took a stand and said, no, no, not not here. We don't have. Saudi money and, and what it stands for and what it represents in our uh, in our sport and thankfully as incredible as it seems um uh, reasoning and sensibility actually came through and, and they removed the sponsorship the fact that they were almost consulted on this is the most baffling thing the fact that the Australian FA who would be looking over tournament no one told them you know people just sort of seemed like they sort of snuck it in Valentine suddenly got visit Saudi everywhere, which is which is madness. But yeah, thankfully sanity prevailed. So we'll come on to the broadcasting rights and not to <laughs> much of a song and dance about it. But this went on for ages and ages and ages. It honestly felt like it gone on longer than Alessio Russo saga, a transfer saga. <laughs> Essentially, just to let people know, the people, the European. A super a super nations, as I should really call them, uh, all all ganged up and said that it, the women's football was worth roughly around that ten million mark. FIFA then turned around and said, "Well, hold on, you you've paid over two hundred million for the men's World Cup, and they wanted around the same figures." Now, I think we I think. Lottie's going to have a lot to say on this from the, the way she's going to have. So I yeah, think have, have a, you, can have, you can have first dibs, Lottie. <laughs> just so everyone on the audio knows, I've been sitting here pulling faces at what Max just said. I'm sitting and really ruined to go, but let's get into it. For me, this really, really made me livid. That is the best word I can use without using um, language that shouldn't be used on our podcast and I will not be the first person to swear um <laughs> leave that to me <laughs> yeah, no it's going to be one of you two I think I think on Canon Chariot it was Matt that was first so it's definitely not going to be me um but you yeah, know this really really made me livid um the amount of football that the BBC um and ITV have and you don't want to pay the money for it yes I know it's a silly clock in the morning but there's so many more fans that are willing to watch this game um, when I when I started following the women, I started going. I would meet apart from one person in my match day going group for the men's. I, there was two of us that watched it. Now all of us watch it, and half of us go. So it's not like the demand isn't there, because people will watch stuff back. It's like I'm planning to watch like the games that are on two three in the morning. I will watch them first thing in the morning, and then watch whatever games I have, games I can back. Even when I'm in the office at work, I'm planning to take my iPad to work. Um. But if the demand is there and people do want to watch these games. Um, if there's a lot of people out there that don't like men's football. They just want to watch the women's football because it's less less dramatic, let's say, of rolling on the floor. Like we've seen Leah Williamson at Meadow Park thrown on the head. She's got up and kept going. And then, then the concussion has kicked in and we've had to stop, which is fair enough. But there's a lot of people who do prefer the women's football to the men's. 
it's the same old story with the men's. And I think after last year's inspiration, there will be a lot of people and a lot of young young girls from future generations who will be watching this in the morning. They will get they will get up early before school. They will put the TVs on. They will not watch their cartoons or anything like that. It, it the demand is there as well. So I don't know what the hesitation was. Thing is, they've got to remember because money has doubled. Reward money for the, for the players has doubled, although the England girls don't get it. Um, they need to pay for it. And that, that's where the funding is coming from. I mean, I think this year Budweiser is one of the first major sponsors coming across from the men's game to spot, sponsor, sponsor the World Cup. There is probably more in there, but the Bud, Budweiser was more recently in the news because they also purchased the rights uh, for the Euros next year for the men. Is it Euros? I don't I don't I don't keep track of their competitions it just comes <laughs> up when it comes up <laughs> yeah but that was that was the announcement I, I they said yeah you can be a sponsor if you do this thing is it's 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 a bit annoying because I'd rather them do it for their own free will, free will and stuff like that but I think the BBC and ITV were just being a bit tight-fisted for me personally mm. um they had they had the WSL games on they have a chunk of those uh, they have a chunk of the friendlies and all, all the time. Why are you not going to pay for this? I think it's a bit more to it than that, um, which I'm bigger part. I'm, I'm saying the blame is not only with the BBC and ITV. Um, I think it's what is fascinating about the coverage. If you flash it way back to when I was going to Euro 2022, I looked at how what the coverage was like when we last hosted the Euros, which was in 2005. And it's fascinating when the BBC come in saying, yes, great, we're going to be showing showing only the England game and like nothing else. The rest will be in highlights. We'll only show live the England games on the BBC. And then we'll show knockout games, but only England games if they get through the knockout rounds. The coverage was so limited. And of course, England didn't get out of the group. Um, flash forward and they built on and built on and built on. And then in 2011, it was actually the uh, quarterfinal against France when they got out of the group was going to be on the red button. And I think it was an argument that went as far as Parliament to get it onto BBC Two. This is sort of the fight women's football have had the TV coverage over the years. I credit to the BBC, eventually it became the sort of main, um, uh, they gave it all to all their channels. You think back to France 2019, it's pretty much all on BBC One, BBC Two was, you know, centre field, and same with the Euros. The thing is that those rights were always always free. There was never any money exchanged. It was basically, here's, here's women's rights, do with them as you please. FIFA never asked any money for them. And the problem is this this disagreement should have been resolved much, 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 much earlier. And it's not just the BBC, which it's anyway, it's not just BBC, it's just Germany, it's France, it's Spain, it's yeah, the whole continent. And FIFA to say, no, we're now putting the price on now, just you know, months, weeks before the tournament starts and just pull the rug out from under from over everyone. Now, I totally agree that there should be an element of, sorry, <laughs> I totally agree that there should be um, an element of, honey, I move my hands too much. Um, there should be an element of, of money being paid um, to FIFA because these rights do have incredible value, a lot more value than they did back then because, as Lottie said, they're this greater interest. Um, I just feel that this should have been done a lot, 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 lot sooner. Uh, so uh, yes, then then now it should have been much earlier. Should I say it should have been a much much earlier? And if you agreed, especially after the success of Euro 2022, in terms of the, the amount being paid for, I think there was an argument like ten percent or or ten million, or there was. It's a fraction of what they spend on the men's game, but at the same time, you don't want to overbid for the for the for the rights because 
um, you risk sort of maybe sort of scuffling yourself. We don't want women's football to go down the, down the route where it costs 200 million to bid for the right to show the games. Um, so there is there is an element of that as well. It is a bit of a farce. It still isn't resolved. Philipp the Philippines, I think, still haven't got their rights sorted. Um, and I think there are other countries, I think Japan, I think, I'm not sure, I think we've heard something, but they might not have it resolved. What did please me was when all these debates were happening, um, the uh, BBC and IT, BBC Sounds on ITV was sort of pitched as the ones that were closest to the value FIFA were asking for. Um, it does feel wrong the idea that FIFA got the moral high ground in these sort of situations, considering their track record when it comes to money. Um, I do believe they're right to ask for a monetary value for this, and I believe the rally will only go up as these tournaments continue. Um, but the way it was organised, which is a shambles, and the fallout, fallout um, is that there's been no TV advertising. If you think back to previous tournaments, usually the moment the men's season, the women's season ends, they say, right, what's coming up for the summer? Well, we've got the Euros or the World Cup, and it'll be all for the TV, and you'd see all the players and the TV ads, and ITV saying we've got the opening game, the BBC saying we're showing the Denmark game every weekend, and so it's in the public conscience, and everyone knows about it. There's been nothing. There's been no mention of it, and, and, and it's only just come out, and it's, it's you, you fear that um, it may not generate enough interest because people haven't had enough warning. So hope, hopefully people still go to, you know, still tune in um, at six, nine o'clock in the morning to, to watch these games. Um, it's resolved now, but it's just, yeah, it's farcical really and, and needless. So that is everything for today. We still have a few more controversies to go through, but come see us again and we will talk more about it. But don't forget to leave your comments in below. What have you thought about some of these situations that we've found ourselves in the controversies? Let us know your thoughts. Don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and as always, we'll see you next time.